Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and a jar in Lane Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Choose either Trevor Lawrence or Urban Meyer. That's an easy and decision. It be an easy. Choose Urban Meyer. I have said this. He's the most important pick in the history of the organization. Yeah. True. Same with Justin Fields in Chicago. The second most important pick is who you choose to be his leader. 100%. And I would say this on the leaks, respectfully. If there are intentional leaks, there's reason they're intentional. There's reason that people are wanting to get those leaks out because those people. I was a teammate with Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is as good a teammate as you can have in the NFL. I'll ask Jacksonville's leadership this. What has Urban Meyer done since the time that he has become your head coach to show you that he is part of the solution rather than part of the problem? Brent's other guy. You better believe it. It's got to be Dan Orlovsky, right? You better believe it. Makes a good point, though. Makes a fantastic point. Yeah. If you're a Jaguars fan, how how is this team improved? How, how has your life improved since he's been hired? Now, you know, previous caller wants to point out, well, practice facilities. Yeah, cool. I, I haven't seen those yet. Can't wait to see them. Seen some renderings. Mwah. Oh, the renderings. Mwah. I mean, is, is any city more synonymous? Uh, I can't even pronounce the word. Is any team more known for renderings than Jacksonville? Nah. Before I lived here, I ain't never seen a rendering. They just built it. I mean, they're all legends, right? We, we, it's rendering season around here, man. Every single year, we got renderings. No, I, you, you can't think of a lot of positives right now, obviously, um, with Urban Meyer of what he's brought to the table. You know, to kind of piggyback off of Brent's statement a little bit of he wants something positive to talk about, I'll keep beating this dead horse home, but... I think the scheme on defense at least gives you some kind of hope. Like, I, I want to see more of this, right? Like, to me, it's like, game, it's like season one of Game of Thrones. Hey, I'm all in. I'm intrigued. Let me see season two. It's just like Ted Lasso season one, yeah. I Casey. Yeah, man. Can't stress this enough. Okay. Not going to watch a comedy where I cry. Don't, don't, okay. don't call yourself a comedy. And then I have to cry during. Look, it sounds like I'm the only one that cried, so maybe oh, no. it's a oh, me oh, problem. Oh no, 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 no! Hey, don't, don't, don't question right now. Don't question your, your, you know, your feelings, your sensitive side. Don't question any of that. I've had friends tell me too that they've kind of got misty-eyed during Ted Lasso. Yeah. Well, you know what that is? Culture. It's not a. It's not culture. It's not a comedy. Yeah. No. No. If if I turn on Step Brothers, you know what I'm gonna do? Laugh. Laugh. Yeah. I'm not going to cry. Quality film. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to cry because... He was he, playing his drum set. Yeah, because he played his drum set. Uh -huh. I'm going to laugh at that. That's funny to me. That's good. I don't got to watch Ted Lasso. Okay. I understand you and Brandon are like in a cult trying to make me drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Not going to happen. Well, I just felt, you know, you know, the connection you made with, you know, season one and you were hooked. That's kind of how I felt. Just different, I know. different shows. No, I, I got you. I got you. Yeah. But you know how I roll. I do. A lot of anime out there to watch, Casey. Lots right? of it. And unfortunately, can't squeak Ted Lasso in. Hey. And, and unfortunately, Brent can't squeak Yellowstone in. Now, I'll be honest, in Yellowstone, a lot of people buzz about the Yellowstone. It was like a trending thing. I guess something happened with Kevin Costner. Ooh. A lot of people talking about Yellowstone. Does that make you want to watch? I ain't one of them. No, man. No, I'm good. There's lot, nothing that they could do. A lot of people talk about Tiger King. I still haven't seen Tiger King. I have not either. Oh, my man. See, that's, that's why we're friends, Casey. It's comments like that. Yeah. Like, I don't... You know, like, I saw the trailer of Tiger King... And I was like, oh, uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm all set. I'm good. And then my friends came on and said, dude, you got to watch Tiger King. It's so good. You're not going to believe the story of Tiger King. You're not going to believe what these characters go through. No, I can. I see what they look like. 
I guarantee there's drugs involved. Uh, I guarantee there's some, probably someone's trying to murder somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, no, I, I can get a good idea of what Tiger King's all about. Oh, by the way, there's tigers eating people, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, if they hit it on the head, probably. Yeah. Don't gotta see it. And I didn't even know the story, and that's where I'm from, that area. Oh, really? Yeah, Tampa area, yeah. Did you ever go there? No, nobody, no. Is it like, the, what's it called? The Bunny? No, the big cat. The big something. cat ranch. Like yeah. the bunny ranch. That's something else. Uh, yeah, the, the big cat something ranch. Else, yeah, that's yeah, not something else. Okay, the big cat ranch. Anyways, welcome back to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We got football at five. Dan Orlowski's in shambles because he has zero Trevor Lawrence tape to break down in terms of being a positive. But yeah, uh, I keep saying this and, and I hope it comes true. It's the season of Trevor. Right, because we are what, Casey? We're in week coming up 14, 15? Oh, I think we're in 14. So we're coming up on 15. Coming up to week 15 right now, and no, nah, we're coming up to week 14. Oh, well, I mean, it's week, yeah, but a bye week, though. You know what I'm saying? So oh, this is yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. So this is week 14 for the Jaguars. I don't want to start shock your mock quite yet, Casey. I do. Okay. I mean, well, it's your yeah. segment, so it doesn't matter what I think. No, no, for sure, for sure. I mean, I don't want to start it quite yet because, you know, things can happen, draft positions can slide, and that's the biggest thing. Oh, true. But, like, where you sit right now, I mean, we're, we're, we're almost to that point, right? Oh, like, yeah. I mean, is that what it is in terms of being a Jaguars fan? And, like, listen, I'm, I'm a Jaguars fan. I hear you people out there. I, I see the comments, right? We'll go over some comments later. I, I hear you all. It's almost like... You know, we're, we, we got it so bad and we're like addicts and like at least the mock draft is like that little extra thing that can just kind of get us through what we have to get through, right? It's almost like you go into a method, you know, a methadone clinic is probably not, but you know, something you go to like a methadone clinic and like, Hey, I just need a little fix. Okay. Here you go, sir. Boom. Mock draft season. That's where we're at right now. Oh yeah. That's, I filled one out the other day. Uh, a mock draft or a methadone clinic slip. Uh, the mock track. Good. Good. Okay, I'm just making sure. Yeah, that's true. Hey, I, yeah. I'm just making sure. Hey, dude. I appreciate you checking up on me. All right. So the mock track. Who did you have the Jaguars taken? I don't remember. What wide receiver, defensive end? Doesn't. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, I think where I had it, they were drafting third, and okay. I got one of the pass rushers. I forget. I think it was Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Okay. And then, of course, in the second round, Drake London. Obviously, yep. you know how I feel. Yep. So if if we're being honest with ourselves right now, everybody. And, yes, you know, you still have the Texans coming to town, right? You got a, an interesting game against the Jets coming up here at New York. Then you're going to travel to New England. Oh, boy, New England Patriots in December. We know how that happens. We know how that goes down. And then you finish up that season. Um, let me think here. Indy. Indy, thank you very much. With Indy coming to Jacksonville. Yep. Who's probably going to be in a playoff picture, one would assume. Resting people. Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, maybe they've already made Trying it. Trying to save those Carson Wentz snaps. Of those four games, Casey, realistically, mm -hmm. remember realistically, mm -hmm. Texans, Jets, Colts, Patriots. Mm -hmm. I said, is there a snowflakes in chance, uh, snowflakes hell in chance this team can turn it around? Well, winning cures that. Well, it doesn't cure everything, but it helps, okay? It's a giant Band-Aid right now. It's a little antiseptic that this team really needs, right? It's a, it's a little B12 shot that this team could really um, enjoy. Could this team turn it around and theoretically win two games against maybe said Texans and maybe said Jets? You're asking me for two wins? Can this team get two wins? No, sir. Can this team get a win? Yeah, Zach Wilson is horrible. Yeah. Zach Wilson is bad. Like, bad, bad. So I think they okay, could, okay. On, on paper, beat the Jets. But, okay, let me ask you this. They will not beat the Texans. No. 
No. You think Houston comes in here? Yeah. And beats the Jaguars? Listen, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Davis Mills is not horrible. <sighs> and they on defense force turnovers, which, by the way, we're they're, the Jags Love are good Smith, at everybody. They're yeah. good at getting rid of the ball. Yeah. And I think I think Davis Mills is playing better. I don't know what it is about Lovey Smith. But I, I mean, know. and like I get his time in Illinois was, you know, it was I'm sure forgotten as, you know, I feel like any coach coaches Illinois does. But with the Bears and now the Texans, like you want to talk about creating turnovers, like that's his MO. I know. You know, like Tampa two, pretty standard vanilla defense. But, man, can they create turnovers. And, like, he's always had that calling card at his disposal. I don't know what it is. Um, you know, because I, when I was in Chicago, I didn't get to play for him. Um, he was on the way out, and then Tressman was there. I have no idea what it is with Lovey Smith in terms of creating turnovers, but that guy knows how to do it, man, let me tell you. So you think that the Jets are the only really realistic game that can... Yeah. I mean, I paid attention to the Texans game a little bit because I, I foresaw what was coming. Yeah. And so you're, they're playing Seattle, who is not great. I understand that. Mm-hmm. You're down four at halftime, which, again, is not an accomplishment, but it's just the truth. That's what happened. You were down four at halftime. 20 minutes before the game started, you found out your starting running back had COVID, which was David Johnson. Yeah. So who knows how that changed what they were going to do. Had to change a little bit. And you gave up one in the first quarter and one in the fourth quarter, an over 70-yard touchdown rush. Mm-hmm. So you take those two plays out, which I know you can't. Yeah. But there's things that you can point to and say they were in the game. And two plays don't happen, they might win the game. Davis Mills, by the way, I just had the numbers up. They're pretty good. Uh, 33 for 49 for 331 and a touchdown, no turnovers. Dang. Yeah, he's not horrible. With the Texans. So, yeah. no, I don't think there's any chance they win. The Jets, the Jets, I'm on a, the Jets are bad. Zach Wilson, <sighs> bad. Okay, but see, let me ask you this, though, and here's where I'm coming in. David Coley, Urban Meyer. Like, yeah, you probably give advantage to David Collier just because there's not, like, yeah, they're a bad team, but there's not a lot of distractions there. But I've said this before. You know, when I was in Houston for my fight, I made it a habit of listening to a couple hours of their sports radio, and they are so far, like, I mean, you think it's bad with Urban here. They're the exact same way with David Collier in Houston. And, I mean, I don't know if it even warrants that because, once again, the roster, Deshaun Watson, the mess that he had to clean up, and they're at least playing in some sort of competitive games every once in a while. I mean, I don't know if you can really ask more of David Colley. And this is a guy, obviously, who comes under um, Bill Belichick, who, you know, knows what that winning atmosphere in the NFL looks like. And they're writing him off. And this was a couple weeks ago when I was in Houston. So, you know, this, this was before they actually beat the Tennessee Titans. And they were saying, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Who are you taking right now? Colley or Meyer? Jeez. Or is it a horse apiece for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd... Well, I mean, if you don't have the storylines with David Culley, maybe you go there. No, for because sure. Because it, it appears that the Texans want to play for their coach. Like, the defense is playing hard. I don't think they're playing hard for Urban Meyer. Yeah. Is the offense playing hard? Are they? I mean, yeah. See, this is the thing, Casey. And, and like, uh, I, I totally get where you're coming from. You know, getting essentially dominated in the trenches like you did, right, um, in terms of being on offense if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars against the a pretty good defensive line the Tennessee Titans. Not the best one you faced, though, right? And to get dominated like that, you know, to, to, to get Trevor Lawrence on his back a couple times, yeah, one's going to question you didn't really play that hard, right? And obviously some penalties. I mean, Juwan Taylor had a rough game. Um, Cam Robinson alike. I, I think you got to start asking the question eventually is when do you bring in Walker Little? 
when do you start seeing some new guys on offense and defense? I think we know what Wingard can do. I would like to see Cisco this year. Now that you're not eligible for the playoffs, I would love <laughs> to see Cisco this year. Well, he's playing more, as you heard. Her, I heard that. Yeah. Is he, though? You know? Well, Is he, though? What's more than zero? Is he, though? So, yeah, I'd like to see Cisco. I'd like to see a lot of things. But I don't think this team is necessarily quitting playing football. Like, they may be quitting on Urban Meyer. They may be fed up with what's going on in the locker room. But, like, I'll take it back to Tennessee, man. Back in 2012, it would have been, when we were, well, at the time, I think we were 2-13, and 13, playing our last game of the season. And, like, yeah, it, it was hard to go to work every single day when you won two games the entire year, right? And your defense is, is playing okay, but your offense is really struggling and it wasn't complimentary football. That's hard. That's depressing. But, like, when we were on the field, we knew, well, hey, guys, if Malarkey's gone this year, we're putting out tape for the next coach to come in, right? Because the first thing that a coach is going to do, usually, when he goes to a new team, is there's a little behind the scenes for everybody there. The first thing a coach does, I've heard this from many coaches, many sources, the first thing a coach does when he goes to a new team is he doesn't watch the first game of the last season. He watches the last game. He watches the last quarter. Because the, the, the first goal of a, of a coach in a new regime is to find out who can I trust, who can buy in and say, you know what, even when they only won two games that season, in the fourth quarter of the final game in Tennessee, these guys are still playing hard. It's the first thing any position coach, any coordinator, any head coach watches is the last quarter of an NFL film. At least that's the way it used to be. Not sure if that's changed now. So, like, we were always under the philosophy of, yeah, maybe a lot of guys don't agree with what Coach Markey is doing. I know I, I could care. I, I, I thought he was fine, but people had problems with him, so be it. But, like, we all agreed that we had to put good film out there. So, like, we didn't quit. I don't think this team is quitting in the sense that, you know, they're just bringing it in saying we don't care anymore. If we lose, we lose. Like, I don't think that's the case at all. I don't think that was the case even last year in terms of, you know, when the whole tanking thing was going on. I think that was last year was just the fact that you were put in a circumstance when you took James Robinson out of the game where you started benching, or not benching players, but you started resting players, where it was like, well, you, you can only do so much because the talent on your personnel isn't going to win you a lot of games. I think we're to that point now. I think we're to the point where these players aren't quitting, but... They're not being elevated either, per se. No, on defense, I think they are, right? Like, I, yeah. I think on defense, they're fine. I, I think on defense, honestly, for what they have sometimes, they exceed expectations. Oh, yeah. But on offense, where, and I've said this many times, it's more cerebral. It's more mental. Um, it's being on the same page. Uh, it's being, you know, mentally disciplined. That's gone out the window. And... That has to be on coaching as well. Yeah, dudes running into each other out there. But how many times do we got to sit through a holding call, Casey? And, like, I don't even know in terms of the numbers, like, how, how many penalties this team had yesterday. Right. Um, it, it didn't seem like, you know, it didn't seem like the status quo. It seemed like a little less. Uh, I'm trying to find the, the numbers right now, Casey. Maybe you can do that. Like, the, the, the numbers didn't seem that crazy. But at the same time, they are crazy because they have been at the most opportune times when you're driving in a football game. Yeah, yeah, nine for 79. Okay, so that's, you know what, I mean, it's not 10. I always say if you have 10, then you got an issue. Nine's cutting it pretty close. But once again, it's, it's when the penalties happen. 
It's when Trevor is starting to get a glimmer of hope and a glimmer of confidence, and then you shoot yourselves in the foot because you got another penalty again. And it's more of the same. And, and, and this is just – that's the frustrating part of everything is that it's more of the same. I get if you're a Lions fan right now, you're probably miserable. If you're a Jets fan, you're questioning Zach Wilson. I get all that. But at least if you're a fan or a member of the media, you can come in and say, well, they made some improvements here. Well, that looked pretty good. Ah, not too bad. You know, at least the Texans, it's like, Davis Mills? Is he the guy going for? You know, like, I mean. There's articles out there questioning that right well, now. Well, there you go. Yeah. Like, that's fun. That's great. Probably not, but that's great. Like, that, that's something. That's the carrot. That's the glimmer of hope. You know, we got Casey. This defensive scheme by Joe Cohen, not too shabby. What else you got? Yeah, Logan Cook, punting the hell out of the ball. Cool. He is, though. Hey, good. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Fantastic. I swear. I swear, if it ever gets to the point where I have to become a, a Jaguars corporate shill, and I'm showing, and I, with all the words, because Logan Cook's a hell of a punter, but if I got to come in here and talk about Logan Cook every single day of how good he's playing, hey, Casey. We'll see you later. Well, I'm just going to, hey, you know what I'm going to do? Talk about Kim Kardashian every single day on the other show. Yeah. Because I, I can't do it, man. I, listen, I love punters to death. They're a big part of the ball game, but I can't do that, Listen, man. all I'm saying is if you're in the market for a jersey, you <laughs> maybe get Logan Cook because he's going to be on the team. Former Pro Bowl, or I mean, probably current Pro Bowler at this point. And he, yeah. he very rarely lets you down. Yeah. No, and even right. if he does shank one, I doubt you're going to yell at him because most of the time it's pretty good. No, you're absolutely right, Casey. But my point is, at least with other teams, yeah, no, you know, there, there's something, there's the ebbs and flows of the season, right? And when you're bad, yes, you're bad. If you're the Lions, yeah, you're bad. Texans, sorry, but you're bad. Um, Jets, yeah, you're bad. Mm -hmm. But at least you've had the roller coaster of like, well, we got this. Oh, no, maybe. Oh, hold on. This might be the real deal. Uh, Davis Mills could be the guy against the Patriots throwing four touchdowns. What? Oh, no, he threw three interceptions in the next game. Uh, Davis Mills is the guy. Uh, let's bring back Tyler, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, Tyrod Taylor's out. Oh, Davis Mills looking pretty. Like, you had those conversations. Have we been on a roller coaster of emotion with Trevor Lawrence at all, or has it gone straight down like Magic Mountain? It didn't start well and has not picked up since. This offense. Are we on a roller coaster right now where it's like, oh, man, what? Oh, no. Or are we on just the Tower of Terror? <laughs> That's a good call. We're on straight, the Tower of Terror. Straight yeah. drop. Mm -hmm. Straight drop. 100 feet straight drop. Yeah. That's where we're at right now. And once again, yes, it has to come down to the players, but, man, coach has got to be held accountable as well. And if you're Urban Meyer and you're hell-bent on taking that road, well, then I guess, I don't know, man, go about it a different way. If you truly are calling them losers and, and doing all this stuff and yelling at them, has that worked? Has the ends justified the means? Because I've watched this offense, and I would say probably not. And I know for a fact, I don't think Joe Collins getting called a loser, because I know Joe Collins, and where that dude's from, swinging. <laughs> if you call him a loser, dude, he's swinging on you. So I don't think that's the case. So if it's more of the offensive guys, not working. So a change has to happen, whether how you go about coaching, whether how you go about managing, or maybe if you're Urban Meyer, you got to start micromanaging. But you got to do something because getting zero points in a game is unacceptable. Trevor Lawrence's development right now is unacceptable. This offense in totality, unacceptable. More VSPN 690 when we get back.
you get a couple scores on offense, you're right there. And we didn't do it. So what's the answer? Uh, start leaking information or some nonsense? No. No, that's nonsense. That's garbage. That's, uh, you know, that's once again, I've been very blessed. I've not really dealt with that. I've, been, I've not dealt with, well, did you hear what he said? What? No, let's improve on offense and get our quarterback in a position to be successful. That's our focus. Jaguars coach Urban Meyer. Can't get wrapped up that outside noise, Casey. You just can't do it. Casey, you can't get wrapped up in how many retweets or how many likes you get on a tweet, even though you should probably get a lot more for a, a creative tweet. Thank you so much. But sometimes you don't. I know. But you know what, man? Can't get wrapped up in it. Yeah. You can't do it. I'll try my best. Trust me. Yeah. You think if I did, I'd be tweeting. I'd be, I would be giving expert analysis on every single play. But do I? Nah. Nah. We're all good. I'm talking crap to my cousin about seeing him over the holidays playing Saw video that. games. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He, and now he, this is a former baseball. Well, yeah, he still, still plays baseball. Got drafted by the Marlins back in 2017. Uh, pitcher. Okay. Um, good size. Call him the Norwegian Hammer in Florence, Kentucky. He plays for their minor league team there in Florence. Really? Uh, the, starts with the Florence Yalls, by the way. Great name, Florence Yalls. Interesting. I want a hat if I could wear a hat. But, yeah, call him the, call him the Norwegian Hammer. So... Take that for how you want it. I'm not sure how to take it. I ain't scared of him, I'm just saying. And I'm just saying, on the Sega Saturn, December 23rd, in my old room in my mom's house, College Slam, it's going down. Okay. And I guarantee a victory. I guarantee okay, Mike a victory. Okay, Mike Hey, but... <laughs> you said that's your cousin? My, my cousin, yeah, 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 yeah. So two professional athletes, one family, huh? Yeah, man. Maybe save some for the rest of us. I don't well, know. I, I, now, I have a little cousin. Well, I say a little cousin. Well, here but we go. The, the smaller cousin who's a sophomore right now at Saul Ross University. He's a lefty. He, he might be getting some looks, too. Uh, he's, a, he's a pitcher as well. So potentially three. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We're still at zero. It's in the genes. What can we say, man? I guess so. Austin Lane, Action Sports Jackson, ESPN 690. Casey pushing all the right buttons. Brent needed some time to go reflect on the urban, no, not really. Uh, he, he's on an assignment right now. We might get him back at the end of the show, maybe not. But, uh, you know, some news around the NFL real quick from Adam Schefter. Tonight, big, big Monday Night Football game. Ba, 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 ba. We got Rams, Cardinals, Jalen Ramsey, Tyler Higby, Daryl Henderson, Rob Havenstein, Dante Dion. Dion? Don't know who that dude is. But it doesn't matter. Adam Schefter reported it. They're all out due to COVID. Jalen Ramsey, Tyler Higby, obviously the big names. Daryl Henderson was announced earlier in the week. But, yes, Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higby out tonight uh, for this big game against, you know, their divisional rival right now, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Huge loss, though. Obviously, we got to take a guy by the name of uh, DeAndre Hopkins away. That could be an issue. Other news from Adam Schefter 40 minutes ago. And, uh... Fantasy football players out there in oh, terms of no. championships coming up. Have you seen this one? I don't think so. The NFL had a total of 37 total positive COVID tests today. Yikes. League sources tell ESPN. 37 positive tests, Casey. Now, this could be all from maybe one team. This could be spread out. Yeah. But I'm just saying in terms of fantasy football, and those playoffs are starting up, everybody. Go and set your lineups accordingly. It, I'm not in there. It might be chaos. Well, you 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 careful. Okay, you're not in the big one, but you're still in the work one. You're just you're still in the ESPN 690 fantasy football track. Not necessarily. No. I have to win tonight. Really? I, I have to win. So this is how it's set up. Brent is in. Uh, new boss Aaron is in, and Olivia is in. 
And the fourth spot is between me or Coos, whoever wins tonight. We're playing each other. Oh, so I'm out. You're out. Oh, I'm not going. You're not going. Seriously? Yeah. Don't worry. I, I, I'm going to change that. I'm, I'm going to put a lot more people in the playoff bracket. Don't worry. Oh, okay. I'll go, go ahead and address that right now. Okay, then make sure I get in for yeah, sure. Oh, no. Well, hey, hey everyone, everyone's getting into this year. This is this could be like the college football playoff getting expanded. Oh, I like that. It's going to, I didn't know I wasn't in it. Yeah, you're not in. I'm 500. Yeah, but we're, whoever wins out of me and Coos will be yeah. two games over. Oh, no. We're, no, that's, no. I'm, I'm, if I'm 500, I'm going to the playoffs. So that, that's going to okay. change. We're, like we're, we're going to get a special exemption. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I told that. you what happened in my other league. Oh yeah! For the second, preach, preach, put it out there. For Casey. the second straight year, yeah, I am going to score the most points in the league, yeah, and not make the playoffs. Yeah, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. You know. Thank I, you, Dallas Cowboys defense, for getting my opponent twenty-four points this week. Twenty-four. Big performance, big time performance. Yeah. Hey, is, is the Dallas Cowboys defense for real or what? I mean, yeah. I, I, we, we always get so hell-bent on that Cowboys offense. You know, Dak and Amari Cooper's coming back now. and um, C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, I need you to do a little better. But then you add the, the combination of Diggs and Micah Parsons. By the way, did you see what Micah Parsons said? Mm. And I quote, I don't really think the NFL is that hard. Well, he's right. Well, for him anyway. Well, I mean, no, I mean, yeah, you, you got 11, 12 sacks, and you're not even really playing your primary position, sir. You were brought in to play middle linebacker. They said, well, we got injuries there. Let's put my outside linebacker. Oh, hold the phone. Micah Parsons can rush as well. He's just calling it how he sees it, frankly. I mean, I want to be mad at him because yeah. I want to say, we'll try going to Murray State and then seeing how you adapt to the NFL. I can't be mad at him because when the stats say what you got, which is, I think, 12, or, I think 12 sacks. I now. think it's 12, yeah. How can I say he's lying? No, I, I, I don't think the NFL is hard for Micah Parsons. And I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair that he, he, he gets to wear the number 11 number. And I had to rock 90s. I, I wanted to wear a swagger number like that. Yeah. I was 73 in Chicago, thank you very much. 73. Do, do you know how swaggerless I felt with 73 in Chicago? I feel it so, just so, being here. So here's the thing. Quick story. I'm in Chicago. I get signed. Go to my locker, 73. I go, there must be some kind of mistake. Because I, I, I don't remember an outside linebacker in the history of the NFL wearing number 73. No. Go to the, the equipment guy. He's like, oh, sorry, man. It's, it's all we got left right now. And yeah, keep in mind where I was. It wasn't like I was a, a high-priced free agent. It wasn't like I was J.J. Watt. You know, I was asking to, to wear some retired guys. No, I, I'm literally take what I can get. So I'm rocking 73. So rocking 73, rocking 73. You know, the, the first cuts come out, make it. Second cuts come out, looking pretty good. And, like, it's kind of looked like I might make the team. Well, then the equipment guy goes, hey, Austin, if you make the team, do you want to switch your number or something 90? And what did I tell him? Nah, man, we're all good. You know why? Because I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this number look good. There I'm going to, I mean, I had my tape on my wrists, okay. right? I, I, I had the, like, the armband things. Oh, have to. I, I made 73 look good. Now, usually reserved for a, a swaggerless, unathletic offensive guard. No, sir. Austin Lane, 73, coming in hot. And I didn't make the team. And, and we'll never find out. But the point is, is that it's just a number sometimes, and sometimes you can make it work. But I'm just saying, if I had the choice at 11 or 73, I would have paid Cole hard presidential pictures for number 11. That's what we call cash where I'm from, Casey. I, I Casey gotcha. didn't know. Okay. But speaking of that, we got a little sidetracked, got a little jealous of Michael Parsons. Let's keep it back on the road here. Big weekend for UFC. You watch it? I did. So the whole time, I mean... You know, because Casey, I appreciate it. Unlike our former producer, Kuz, who didn't watch UFC really that much at all, but he was impressed with the tattoos and the hairstyles sometimes. Cool. Hmm. But Casey, no. Casey watches it, and it's fun. And 
it's fun to kind of bounce off, like, you know, betting stuff with Casey in terms of, hey, what do you think about this pick or that pick, that pick? So, you know, we're kind of breaking down this card. Sean O'Malley, we both like Sean O'Malley, had a oh, great yeah. showing. I'm telling you, the, the next Conor McGregor. He, he is the millennial American Conor McGregor. It was a great call, by the way. Thank you. Looks absolutely ridiculous with his hair, okay? He's got, and I'm not exaggerating, cotton candy hair. It's, it's all different types of colors. That's true. Very aggressive tattoos, all types of colors as well. Different, yeah. Um, face tattooed, Post Malone style. But once again, the tattoos aren't just black and white. All different types of colors, cotton candy as well. But the guy's got swag, man, in terms of his striking. One, one of the best strikers, I think, at his division. And he's not even ranked the top 15, but he is one of the best strikers at his division. And he had a, a chef's kiss performance um, this past Saturday uh, for the UFC event on the main card, mind you. But the biggest story. And, you know, me and Casey are breaking down this card. When we got to the co-main event of the GOAT Amanda Nunez and Juliana Pena, Casey, how'd that conversation go? Uh, maybe 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, a man has got her, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We just oh, moved yeah. on. Ooh, we just ooh, kept going. Ooh, Julianne, ugh, to the wolves. Yeah. I mean, you know, ugh. Well, in what might be the biggest upset in MMA history, I think she was a plus 700 when it was all said and done. I think Amanda Nunez was minus 1,300, Casey? According to the UFC's website, so, you know, there's different odds, different places. Yeah, yeah. It closed minus 1,000 and plus 650. Okay, minus 1,000 and plus 650, and Amanda Nunez got beat. You know, and, you know, when you think of great upsets in the UFC, obviously Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey comes to mind. But even in that fight, like, if you truly broke it down, you could be like, yeah, well, I could see Holly Holm winning if she can stay on her feet. She's a strong girl. She obviously has a striking. A man, uh, uh, Ronda Rousey doesn't have that. If the fight doesn't go to the ground, yeah, she could get knocked out, and that happened. I saw no way Juliana Pena could have won that fight. Because Amanda Nunez, I thought at the time, did everything better. Striking, hits like a dude. And with all the respect, and I mean that in the, in the best, most flattering way possible, Amanda Nunez hits like a dude. Knocks girls out cold. Not just, oh, you know, cut. No, knocked out cold. Amanda Nunez, black belt in jiu-jitsu. So it's like, where's the flaw in her game? Like, what is, how are you going to beat her? And I thought it was just feeding someone to the wolves in terms of Juliana Pena. Like, okay, let's go and get that Amanda Nunez highlight. Let's go and get that, you know, 10-second gif, and let's go on with our lives. But Juliana Pena had other ideas. And, and props to her. I was wrong. I think every MMA expert was wrong. But Juliana Pena, not only did she take the best punches from Amanda Nunez, but she outstruck her and then essentially broke her. Got to the point where she took her back and choked her out, rear naked choke. And, and that's all they wrote. And now Juliana Pena is your new champion. And do you want to know how I know she's a gangster in Juliana Pena, Casey? Because if I was her and I just beat the titled GOAT of MMA and, and I beat her in decisive fashion, right when I knew that I won, oh, I would be dabbing. I would oh, be, yeah. I'd be, I'd be doing the Dougie. And like, Joe Rogan would be like, well, I, I don't know why he's dabbing this. That's like 10 years old. I, why is he doing, well, he's doing the Dougie now? Wait, he's doing, is that electric slide? This guy is just all over the place. I mean, he's a champion, so it's cool, but I don't know what this guy is doing. What did Julia Pena do? Calm, cool, collected, walked back to her corner like she expected it. Yeah. Like she was in on the secret that nobody else knew. And dang, do I respect that. I believe she said, I told you. I told you. Yeah. Like, like she was talking to us, like me and you. Like, she heard our conversation on ESPN 690, like, while we were outside of break, and she heard us talk smack about her. Yeah. And maybe she was talking to us. But nevertheless, man, what a performance, what a great showing, and what a baller move to say, I don't got to celebrate. 
I, I know I'm the man, woman, whatever you want to say. I'm the best. I'm the champion. And I'm just going to chill. And, and I thought that was very cool. Amanda Nunez comes out and says she's immediately wanting the rematch, which is great in itself because now you've probably got a trilogy fight coming up. Um, so I'm all about that. But a great showing by Juliana Pena. Probably the performance of the week in terms of athleticism, man, because Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson, um, George St. Pierre, Matt Sarah, Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm. It was up there in terms of upsets, man. Um, and she put on. And then, of course, we gotta, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the main event. Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Is there anybody that is more of a, an enigma than Charles Oliveira in terms of how he presents himself, Casey? Yeah, it's, it's different. Like when you saw, well, if you watch, he's arena, they always show that, and he's smiling at people and yeah. saying, hello, how are you, and just looks happy, and then it's go time, it's go time. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, he's from Brazil, so he's got, like, the, that Brazilian background, and then, you know, they're known for being very religious, which is very cool, you know, but, like, he seems like the, the Brazilian Tim Tebow, if you will. Mm. Like a very, very nice guy. You know, he's not afraid to spit a couple verses every once in a while. So be it, man. Spit your Bible verses, more power to you. Who's going to say no when you're beating people up for a living? Yeah. Nobody. But then, yeah, like you said, if he's in a face-off and he takes off his, because he's always wearing shades, but once he takes off those shades, once he's walking into that cage, something clicks, man. Something clicks where this guy's got, like, the ultimate chip on his shoulder. And you saw that, you know, on Saturday against the very game Dustin Poirier who I think everybody thought it was Dustin Poirier's time. You know, paid his dues against Conor McGregor, got beat by Khabib, uh, a real feel-good story, you know, has a lot of charity, does a lot of charity work, and it just seemed like it was Dustin Poirier's time. And it was so disrespectful to Charles Oliveira, where he, this is, a, this is the champion, right? This is the guy that just won the belt, and he's the underdog. And, man, I think after that performance against Dustin Poirier, you're not going to see Charles Oliveira be the underdog too many more times in terms of a title fight. I wouldn't say so. Because he earned a lot of stock. I think he earned a lot of respect um, the way he went about things. Um, you know, lasted with, with the best of Dustin Poirier's punches, ate a couple, was, was able to withstand that storm, comes out in the second round, and just puts it on him, man, and, and puts it on him for the finish. So shout-out to Charles Oliveira. Shout-out to Juliana Pena. Probably one of the best fight cards of the year, man. I mean, from top to bottom, there were some really yeah. good fights. Um, Even and, the free fights some, were good. And the free fights were great, and there's some stars in the making. Bam Tuivasa, I mean, I'd be remiss, Casey. Yeah. If, if we didn't bring up Bam Bam a little bit. Bam uh, Tui, uh, yeah, Tui Taivasa uh, from Australia, known for doing the shoey. We've talked about him before a little bit. If you're uninformed, if you're the casual observer, Tui, Tui Tuivasa, after every single win, will take a random audience's member's shoe and pour a full beer in it and then drink it essentially chug it down out of the shoe yeah it's an australian thing australia is kind of crazy casey would you do that how much how much would it cost you now don't do that i'll do a lot for money oh i know you're getting ready to go through a table for free just for the fame which by the way need that too we're we're, i mean he's not going to it's it's getting more depressing now because now we got like you know there's no roller coaster. We're just going down the Tower of Terror, and there's at the end of it, there's a, supposed to be a table of Brent Martin going through it, and we're still waiting for that. So, please stay tuned. But Casey, how much would it cost you to do a shoey? I'm talking about a, a nice sweaty van slip-on. I would say, I don't know, eight. Ah, nah. I would say five good years of wear and tear. If you take five good years of wear and tear, my van slip-on shoe. Let's go with a nice full Pilsner. Let's go with a Miller Lite. Yeah. 
No, you know what? Let's go IPA. Something a little thicker. Okay. You got to earn it. Okay. I pour an IPA in my shoe. Yeah. It's all at least 7%, maybe 8% alcohol. Yeah. How much will we do to drink it? Like 70, 80 bucks. 70, 80 bucks? Yeah. Oof. You know. Okay. It's tough out here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So. No, no, for sure, for sure. You know, I mean, I'm probably with you on that one. But, like, there's, there's something... Like, I always watch, you know, I mean, you know, obviously after my fights, I always watch them back. And, like, I watch, like, what I say in the microphone just to kind of, like, you know, relive the moment because, like, you got all the emotions going through you after yeah. a fight. And, like, I always go back to, like, dude, I don't remember saying that. Or, like, I don't remember doing that. I don't remember, like, for instance, this last fight. I don't remember the, <laughs> the promoter putting the belt around my waist and me cinching it off and saying, no, I want my coach to put it on me. Yeah. Like, if you didn't know, that looked like I was kind of being, you know, mean a little bit I, that wasn't my goal i just you know it, it, my coach and i have started together so i wanted him to put the belt on me that's, that's all i was trying to think didn't want to come across as disrespectful it may have came across that way but like you get lost in the moment man you know and i feel like if you're tied to avasa you're in the ufc you got bounced out of it you're back in now on your redemption tour you had a, a great knockout over sakai who you know was a ranked opponent um who was also like four inches taller than you were and I feel like Ashui is justified. Yeah. I feel like in terms of branding, like, if you really do care about the likes and the retweets, Casey, maybe Ashui is in your future. See, I'm with it, and I would do it for that. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, like, I can't just do it. Like, I need something Well, no, I mean, well, we're not just going to be hanging out one day. Hey, by the way, here's my shoe. Pour a beard and drink it. Yeah, I know. No, gotta, no. I got to achieve something. I just don't know why. Yeah, you're, you're better than that. What can I achieve, I mean, at this point? Internet fame. So I, okay. No, no, no. I'm saying, how do I qualify? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd have to do something. I mean, I mean how about if the Jaguars win against, ah, uh, the Texans could be too strict. No, no. If the Jaguars beat the Patriots. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like you got to do like a Doc Martin. Then. You're not going to do a Van slip on. You're doing a full boot. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I'll do it. We're right now? Yeah. Okay. If the Jackson, and this is, hey, COVID can happen. Mac Jones can be out now. Be careful with this Wouldn't case. That be, no, who's the backup? I feel fine. I feel fine. Are, are they going to have people to play on defense? Like, as long as you they have some so. of their 30-ish defensive players? You would assume so. I, I Especially, okay. it's at New England, too, right? Yes. All right, well, let's put in the archives right now, though. Okay. If the Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. beat the New England Patriots, yes. Casey Kurtz, mm-hmm. you're doing a shoey. I will do that. More on ESPN when we get back. Yeah, the, because calling someone a loser, that's inaccurate. I have high expectations for our coaches. I uh, very demanding of our coaches um, and expect guys to be held accountable for their positions. And at times uh, when they're not, those are we address it. Uh, but I assure you there is not whatever report. Amy told me something about that. That's nonsense. Well, it's been the story all day, everybody. You know, and, and that's where we're at right now as uh, as a franchise where, yes, you didn't play a good game with the Tennessee Titans, but that's secondary. Because through the performance on the field, you got to sift through all the drama, all the accusations, um, all the, I guess you can call it cannon fodder if you want, but there might be some truth to it. But just all of the extra stuff that you shouldn't have to sift through. Um, and that's where this team is at right now. Action Sports, Jackson, ESPN 690, Austin Lane, Casey pushing all the right buttons. And we got a couple more minutes left before we head out here. And that's been kind of the, the story of the day, Casey. You know, 
Um, I think Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays can be reserved more for what we saw on the field and getting ready for, for Houston and all that stuff. But right now, it's the Urban Meyer show, and it's the Urban Meyer show for all the wrong reasons. I get it. When you hired Urban Meyer, you were hiring a, a polarizing figure to start with. You know, I mean, we, we had people from ESPN that were guests on our show, and they even said that. You know, some were for the hire. Some were very against it. Urban Meyer is definitely a polarizing figure. And I think when it goes well, that's great. But it hasn't really done that this year. And when it goes bad, well, then it gets amplified, right? Because no other team is going through what the Jacksonville Jaguars are going through right now. There's other teams losing. Lions, losing. Texans, losing. Jets, losing. But they're not losing like this. And it doesn't look like this, and it doesn't feel like this. And that's the issue. That's the issue of this season, but that's also the issue going forward. It's the issue with Trevor Lawrence in terms of confidence, and it's the issue of what is this going to look like for new guys coming to this team? What's it going to look like when you have all this money to spend in free agency, but you don't have guys that are going to be willing to possibly come here because of all the drama? That's going to be an issue. It's going to be very telling. Yeah, $60 million about in cap room, or a little more, I think, and I don't even. Why would you, why would you honestly take it? Like, how much, as a player, yeah. how much overpaid would you have to be? Eight million? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a legit question, Casey. And, you know, obviously, and you know this, man, a locker room is made up of different backgrounds, different belief systems, and all this stuff. But I think where it sits right now in terms of just what this looks like to the outside world. Because we've seen firsthand. You know, we, we have to go through this every single day. If you're a Jaguars fan, if you listen to the show, if you cover this team, you go through it every single day. So you get the sense of just kind of how bad it is right now, you know, for this team, despite of what, you know, the inside, like a verb might wants to say, I think it is bad. I mean, realistically, the average player who's coming into a second year, second contract, Probably four or five, maybe six. Seven. I mean, it, it'll be, you got to overpay. You got to overpay, and, and it's not going to be the best either. Like, you know, it's, it's always like if, if you're a team that's kind of on the cusp of maybe going to the playoffs or on the cusp of turning things around, all it takes is one or two guys to turn around, like two high-caliber players. Those high-caliber players, I don't think are going to want to come here right now, okay? Like, you know, we talk about this, you know, this wide receiver, Chris Godwin or whoever, name it. You know, you, you can say Chris Godwin. Um, who's the other guy that's on people's minds that they want to get here? Michael Gallup. Thank you very much. Michael Gallup. Do they want to come here? I get Trevor Lawrence. Cool. But do they want to come here right now? Have you seen this offense? You want to play in that offense? You want to play this issues right now? Probably not. So I understand that this season right now to a lot of people is an afterthought. As, you know, it, it, it's justified that it could be. But there is still some stuff to play for. And no, I'm not talking about draft position and all that nonsense because it's not, it's not a Trevor Lawrence draft. So, yeah, you're probably going to get a good edge rusher, get a good offensive lineman. Cool. I'm not to that point yet, even though Shock Your Mock will probably never be hotter, will never be sexier because now we got, we got different avenues, Casey. Oh, yeah. It's, it's no more, well, Trevor Lawrence number one. Oh, no, man. We're all over the place now. It's we, on the table. Hey, hey, Casey, are we trading back? Offensive lineman, wide receiver, edge rusher? Stay tuned, everybody. It's going to be fun. But my point of the matter is, is that one day I want to come in here on a Monday and I want to talk about the game. I want to talk about what I saw on the field. But we are not to that point right now. And we have a serious issue here in Jacksonville until we get to that point. Y'all have a great night. 
Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for calling in if you did. Brent will be back tomorrow. I'll be here. Well, actually, no, we're at Top Golf tomorrow. Yep. We'll be at Top Golf tomorrow. I think we got Josh Scobie in the 5 o'clock hour. Casey pushing all the right buttons. I'm Austin Lane. Stay casual. Stay safe. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.